When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What's up? Welcome in to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO to get up to $2,000 in free bets. What's going on, everyone? Adam Hogue, back from vacation, ready to go with Nicholas Moriano. He's back. In my mind, it is officially football season this week. When I woke up today, I told my wife, I'll see you in February. (laughs) I'm not making that up, by the way. That actually did happen. Well, Stephanie, my girlfriend's like, so are we going to hang out at all at, at this point? Nope. Like training camp starting. Like, sorry. It's kind of the, the deal here. So yep. I get that. I get that. I don't know if she gets it yet, but she will. Trust me. <laughs> uh, yeah, training camp. The Bears report tomorrow. Uh, technically, the rookie's already in the building. But tomorrow is official report day. And we're going to have a practice by Wednesday by Thursday, it'll be an open practice. First day, fans will be on yeah. site in Lake Forest. And I believe, I'm like 99% sure of this, and Saturday is the first padded practice. That's where it gets real. That's yeah. where it gets real. I'm really looking forward to Saturday's practice. So we are, we are ready to go and very excited, by the way, here at CHGO because if you notice, we started like five minutes late today. That's because we were in a mini- meeting planning all Everything. the stuff we have for you in training camp, which is a ton. Uh, we're going to be hitting you with all kinds of new content, probably different stuff every single week. Something more, more, something new will pop up, and I'm really excited about it. I mean, written content, videos, podcasts, like yeah. whatever is your thing, we'll have it here at CHGO. So I'm really excited to get that, get that going. It starts Wednesday. Yep. Your and, uh, source for all your Bears news, CHGO. <laughs> See, why do you need a voiceover guy when you have, have Lawrence, yeah. Lawrence here? Uh, good to see you, Lawrence. I missed you. Ah, you know, good it's good to see you. Nice suntan, as Nick Bryden says in the chat. Nice suntan, yeah. Mr. H. I mean, it's been there, but yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it was accentuated a little bit during my week off. We, uh, we, we did a little lake time. Oh, the golfing. Yeah, 100 holes of golf in Ooh. three days. Ooh, I'm still a little sore. That was last weekend. It, up in Devil's Head, Wisconsin. We do it every year. It's so fun. Okay. Exhausting. Wait, so Devil's Head, Way that's too like much golfing, way too much drinking. Are you golfing on the ski slopes? I don't understand. what. It's no, you can see them, okay. but they don't put the holes on the yeah. mountain. Mm. I almost fell off the uh, ski slopes at uh, Devil's Head. At Devil's Head? Yeah, I, I'm not a skier. Uh, I'm more of a lodger, so I... Uh, <laughs> 
went down the mountain and I couldn't turn and almost fell off the side of the small hill that is a mountain <laughs> and decided, you know what? That's enough. I'm going to go drink in the lodge for the rest of the day. Lawrence, you got to say, I respect uh, that. please say EA Sports, Brandon Johnson. EA Sports. It's in the game. I don't that's know if that's right. Good. Yeah. Not bad. Not that's bad. I haven't good. heard that guy in like 10, 15 years. Yeah, that's true. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, a lot happened while I was gone. Um, a lot of it in the last 24 hours, actually. Yeah. Uh, the Bears have a new helmet that they've never had before in the history uh, of the franchise. Are we starting there? Let's not start there. Let's start with the good news. I know. But then they also have a new right tackle or guard, right guard, which we've been kind of waiting. waiting for for months now. Yeah. Um, and training camp starts tomorrow. So we have oh, some yeah. – we got plenty to cover today on the show. Let's start with – Lawrence is right. Let's start with the player – that was signed uh, reportedly, I think. It's not official, is it's it? Not a, the no. Bears haven't said anything officially. But. but reportedly, the Bears are signing Michael Schofield, a local guy, Orland Park, Sandberg High School, married to Kendall Coyne Schofield. She, of course, uh, gold medal winning U.S. women's hockey player, also works with the Blackhawks. Um, and Schofield's been around the league for a while now. He is a veteran Started, I think, 15 games with the Chargers last year. Yep. Um, so, this is a guy that's not just, let's be honest, like when they signed Dakota Dozier, it was like, I don't Bad really up. think he's yeah. going to be playing. If he is, the Bears have major problems. He turned out he hurt himself and isn't available this season anyway. Um, Schofield's somebody to me that should com- legitimately compete for that starting right guard job. I don't know if... They'll line him out there with the starters right away from day one since he's just getting here now. Uh, I would expect them to kind of give Sam Mustafer still the opportunity to see if he can hold lose, down the yeah job. lose yeah. the job. I guess I would I would say, but well, it, this is a this is a significant signing to start training camp. Yeah, like Michael Schofield last season for the Chargers played 907 offensive snaps, 897 of those were at that right guard position. And it was a bounce-back year from him from 2020 because he actually lost his job three games in um, and was able to have a rebound 2021 season to where now the Bears, you know, reportedly signing him, legitimately could be a a starter for the Bears at that right guard position. I just think we've talked about this before, Adam, like the size difference, like with a Sam Mustafer, it's listed at 6'2", or, you know, 320 pounds. Schofield's like 6'6", 300-plus pounds. Like, you just need a bigger person playing that position, and Schofield kind of fits that mold of what they're looking for. If you wanted that physicality, again, he just has the frame that's more typical from that right guard position. I like this comment right here. Schofield doesn't raise the roof, but he does raise the floor. Good stuff. Yeah, that's that's job Outlander. SW Outlander JE. He's one of our Euro... uh, Fans. Yeah. And I figured he's in London or Ireland. He's somewhere uh, okay. across the pond. All right. That's all. Just saying. Uh, um, I, better than nothing. <laughs> they needed something. They needed something at this position. Because, again, if you were just going with Sam Mustafer and that's your only option. Well, I don't think he was ever the only option. I just thought, I just think that your next options were Zachary Thomas maybe yeah we're talking about these rookies and my guess is that they part of the reason why they didn't sign somebody earlier um part of it's probably just the pool of players available there are veterans they don't want to have anything to do with the off-season program okay yeah so 
for all we know, Schofield and some others could have been like, nah, I'm not signing until late, late July anyway. Um, now, that's, I'm just speculating there. But I think the other part is they probably used the offseason program to see what they had with those, with those rookies. Granted, there aren't no pads. Tough to really judge what they're doing on that offensive line on, until you actually get to training camp. But I think it makes sense. You add a veteran. They needed to replace Dakota Dozier in some way anyway. And um, so here it is. I think it's a good signing. Good signing, yeah. He was only penalized three times last season, too. So you're looking for guys that even though they are veterans and they're kind of just being picked up, hey, he wasn't a liability over there with the Chargers. They had a pretty good offense, too, if you've seen Justin Herbert in that offense run, but only allowed two sacks, four quarterback hits, 24 total pressures, probably want that number lower, but a good veteran signing that does have a legitimate chance to start for the Bears. Yeah. Um, okay. The helmets. Already? Oh, okay. Okay, I'm glad okay. that I think there's people on this panel today that have strong opinions. I am very, I am I am a uniform guy. Like I usually have hot takes when it comes to uniforms. Okay. I am I don't know what to think about this. I'm like I think it looks good, but I Ugh. don't <laughs> I think it's like too much orange with the orange uniform too. And Immediately, I got a couple tweets yesterday that I 100% agree with. Look at Roquan in this picture. Look at him. He's like, what the hell is that? What am I holding? I'm about to wear this for two years this season. Wow. Oh, my God. Look at that thing. See, when you zoom in on the helmet, I think I like it. When you put it with the orange jersey, I... It's too much. I think it's just too much orange. I don't know. That's just how I felt. It almost reminded me of the Fighting Illini when they had that color combo on their helmets. It's very very Bengali. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, Illinois used to have orange helmets with like the blue jerseys. Yeah, see, and that was yeah, that was I thought that worked, but I don't know. It's like David S. Pumpkins or something. I don't know. Well, okay, this was what I was going to say, though. David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I got you. Appreciate it. I got you. This David S. Pumpkins. Nick's, Nick's, Nick's like has Why no idea. Yeah, he has no idea. Like it could, he, just, that could be something from the eighties, the nineties, or I don't two years have ago. I don't any know. Idea the time but the David S. Pumpkin suit is something good to wear once a year on Halloween. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and they're wearing these twice, though. By the way, they're wearing. I almost got lost. They're wearing it in Dallas too against the Cowboys. They're going to be wearing those helmets twice. Uh oh. A couple people point out to me, and I've said this before, so I'm in full support of it. If they were to ever have a secondary helmet. I thought it would be cool to put the actual bear logo on it, not mm-hmm. the C. You already have the C. Yeah. If you're really going to have a secondary helmet, why not have a different logo? Why not go with the bear? And I think I would feel completely supportive about this if that helmet had had the actual bear on it instead of the, the C. The bear would be better if yeah. there was more coverage of the awful orange. Like, if it was more graphically on it besides just that little C. I agree uh, with that. I, I'm sorry. Eight Hour Vibes said something in the chat that makes me want to just scream. He says, brown furry helmets with bare ears on the sides and the face mask is the big mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be uh, something. Yeah, I'd be down for... Zach saying he bear. likes the orange helmet, but the uni should be blue. Yeah. Yeah, just need something a little bit different. It's very Syracuse-y if they go with the blue and the that, orange yeah. helmet. I, I don't know. 
I know we were proposing on last Friday's show maybe a, a white helmet. Give me the all whites. All white everything. And I said that bear logo in that orange metallic. That would be I or even the navy badass. metallic. Even either either way, just that metallic, that big giant bear on the side. Yeah. Now the one thing I do good. like is all these there's like half the league now has come out with all secondary helmets this year. Um, because it's the first year it's allowed and almost all of them are black. The Texans came out with a red one. That's different. Mm -hmm. Um, but almost all of them are black helmets. And so I do like that. It's different. I mean, not that the bears would ever have a black helmet. It's not in their color scheme, but a lot of the teams, like I think the saints came out with a black one. The Eagles came out. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. It's orange. Um, Enrique said it's this color rush. I don't think color rush is really a thing anymore. That was like a, that was like a Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. They were trying combo. to make Thursday night football more exciting, and they come out. They came out with these color rush jerseys. That that's the color rush was when. Remember the Bears played the Packers Lambeau. at Lambeau. Yep. And their version of color rush because you're talking about two iconic franchises that don't have any like crazy colors. I mean, the orange for the bears is as crazy it gets, but this was before they had the orange jerseys back. So they went, the Packers wore all white Mm -hmm. at home and the bears wore blue on blue. That was their color rush. I think Leonard Floyd had a really good game in those color rush jerseys. If I'm not mistaken, but yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean? The ones he was wearing for the Rams? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, all right. But it's it's mixed, though. Like, if you look in the comments here, Adam, with the orange helmet, like, people love it. Either you love it or you hate it, and people some some people wish they had the, the bear logo. So yeah. it's well, mixed feelings. By the way, Enrique, I wasn't trying to call you out. I was just correcting that that's not actually a thing anymore. Like, these teams aren't coming up with color rush jerseys. If they were, great color rush jersey. Yeah. You, they, mm-hmm. Like, if this was color rush, you'd be like, yeah, going, like, blaze orange. It would stand out. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they should wear those in Green Bay. Then they wouldn't be uh, hunted there. Maybe. Uh, Hunter orange, sure. Blaze orange. They'd yeah. fit right mm-hmm. in. Yeah. They'd yeah. fit right in with half the crowd. True. Yeah. Although the game's in September this year, so they won't. Yeah. yeah. Is that not hunting season? I have no idea. Well, I'm sure there's like 100 hunting seasons in Wisconsin, so I'm sure they're hunting something. Um, Bears. But <laughs> the thing is, like, if you watch Packer games, the later – the farther inter, into cold weather you get, the more mm-hmm. blaze orange is in the crowd because that's what they wear up there. Yep. When they are in the cold, they just wear orange. Yeah. Carhartt, Farm and Fleet. Which you actually have. <laughs> yeah. My aunt and uncle have a place so far north in the woods that, like, if you – we would always go out there for Thanksgiving, which is deer hunting, like, the deer hunting weekend. And they would tell us if you're going for a run outside or anything or just a walk to actually wear blaze orange so you don't oh, get killed. You know, I saw a deer walking crazy. my dog this morning. I was, uh, not, no. Wait, the deer, a the deer, deer was wait, not wait, walking what? the dog. No, <laughs> wait, what? I'm sorry. I said the The deer salam, was walking yeah. your dog? No, I was walking the dog and we saw a deer just hanging out in one of the, someone's front lawn. And it was like, oh, hi, deer. And then my dog's like, huh? And uh, I'm like, no, you're not going to go chase after a deer. That deer is larger than you. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't think Letty wants to fight a deer. I mean, maybe she does. My, uh, two-year-old like Brady, idea. little cattle dog, he will go after anything, which is not good. But, yeah, deers, deers are definitely on his, his hit list. The deers are? Yeah, the deers yeah. are. Okay. Unfortunately. Um, Channel Orange, shout out to uh, Frank Ocean. Well done, Devin. I appreciate that. 
Well, I want to tell you that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it, because if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. By the way, I have not pre-read this since I've been on vacation, so I'm still I'm waiting for it to change on me unexpectedly. Oh. Good luck. Yep. Good oh, luck. here we go. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. If you see an edge in the game you are watching, or if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It is time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. You guys lied to me. That was the exact same read. I just meant in the future, good luck. You know, you know, okay. okay. Just in general, good yeah. luck. Okay. Cool. Well, now I have to tell you about our next partner, Athletic Greens. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus. That's why I take my Athletic Greens. You should, too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all need. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy. Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right. Uh, good question in the comments I want to address before we get to our next topic. But John Johnson's asking, what does day one of training camp normally entail? Good question. Um, it is the day you have to report. So typically players have like a window and sort of a deadline. Like, hey, you have to be here by this time. Most of them will get there early in the morning. Um, you have to go through physicals. Um, you they usually have some like big team team meeting to start with, um, and then I don't know if it's going to actually be the same day or the next morning, but I would assume it actually would be that day because they have practice the next day. Um, but there's usually a conditioning test that you have to pass too. So new coaching staff, this stuff could be different. But all the years I've been covering training camp, that's usually the routine. Um, remember, one of the things I do miss about, like, the real old training camp days in Bourbon A was, like, that report day was fun because you'd see the players actually roll up in their cars. You had the incident a few years ago where Tariq Cohen. I, I knew I was hoping you'd yeah. bring up Tariq Cohen. Love what that was thing. that car? What's that car? I don't know. That weird, like, three-wheel crazy. The three-wheel car. It's like a spider or something. Uh, or am I making that up? It's no, not a no, spider. It's, it's one of those weird it's, I know the name of it. Anyway, slingshot. Slingshot. Yes, that's what it is. So he rolls up in a slingshot, which is not abnormal. What's the year Pat O'Donnell uh, had a McLaren, I think? Yeah. 
that same year or no it was a different okay. year and like i think it wasn't even his car like some dealership lent it to him for a day to like show up because all the cameras would be on yeah you'd see the players actually roll in um you know there's there's an iconic old photo of jim mcmahon walking in mm-hmm. with like his bags and a case of beer yep. yep you know uh jay cutler came in and like um one of those uh, not it, uh, travel van is probably what yeah. i would call yeah. it in one year so I, I'll miss all that. Like, Report Day used to have a little bit more nostalgia to it than it does now. We don't even get to see the players come in. We have to walk in the same entrance we normally do. We'll see them when they show up to the press conference room, and that's okay. it. Like, it, that kind of kills the buzz a little bit. It feels bit. like a, a normal day, like at House yeah. Hall almost in a sense. Yeah. But, yeah, a white conversion van for Jake Culler. I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't get to see that, though. I kind of – I, I, that's the one – I understand what the Bears are doing. I have no gripes – with them going back to Lake Forest, taking oh, advantage nice. of all these facilities they put in. But I think that they could accommodate accommodate report day like the old days. Like for one day, TV cameras can go in the players' parking lot, show the videotapes of them rolling in. Mm-hmm. It gets I don't I don't know how much fans really care about it, but it, it sort of adds to to me like just the excitement and um Again, nostalgia of camp yeah, starting. Who doesn't love looking at cool cars? Exactly. Great. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, granted, they wouldn't be coming in with their boxes of beer and their TVs and their pillows like they because they're not staying in the dorms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit different. I get it, but I still think picking players off as they're like arriving to camp and getting their initial thoughts and excitement. Those are some of the best, most fun interviews you would get all year. And having them walk into the press conference room after they've already been in the building, like, for a few hours, like, it's just... It kills it a little bit. It kills the buzz. Sorry. That's my two cents on that. No, you're right. But, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a cool way someone could show up to, like, just have a helicopter land on the practice (laughs) field. Yeah, you could do that. That would be sweet. That actually happened in the episode of Ted Lasso I watched yesterday. Wait, that happened with um, <laughs> um, did Antonio Brown do that a few years ago? With a helicopter, like landed on in a helicopter. I believe Antonio it's the Brown. hot air balloon. Hot Helicopters. air balloons for th- oh oh, oh yeah, is that what I'm hot, thinking of? Yep. Hot air balloon, yes, yes. yep. Oh wait, Thank no, you, I see the helicopter Serpentis. right here. Uh, no, Antonio Brown arrives in a helicopter at Steelers training camp. Yeah, yep, you- I remember that. So he did it in a hot air balloon too. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure he did a hot air balloon. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's like in uh, somewhere out in California, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, was that the year? Was that the two seconds he was on the Raiders? I think so. That oh. was what I'm thinking. <laughs> that right. went real well. That was yeah. the year they were on Hard Knocks too. Do you yep. remember that? Mm-hmm. That was a nightmare. Yes. I mean, it was fun for us to watch, but yeah. actually, it really wasn't fun. It was horrible. Uh, Don Corleone, didn't a player show up in a Brinks truck one year? Is that true? Didn't he play? I have no idea. Was uh, was that Jalen Ramsey with the Jaguars, like, when he was looking for a contract or looking to get tra- – I think there's something there. Jalen Ramsey arrives in an armored car at 2019 Jaguars training. Ding. <laughs> guy you can see how i enjoy this now yeah. i'm remembering all these crazy things like the, it never happened with the bears the bears was like the slingshot ordeal where Tariq cohen's doing donuts 
And by the way, I trouble. Just, I just said ding instead of just playing ding. I don't know what else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a soundboard. That we have work. that sound. Your mind was working that way. I, I we, we got where you're going. All right. Um, next serious topic. One of my favorite pieces every year. Mike Sandoz quarterback tears out on the athletic today. Uh, it, full disclosure, I have actually not had time to read the whole thing. I we skimmed and got to the Bears related part, but I will by the end of the day get through the whole QB tears because it's very interesting. I did see a note already though on Twitter about how. Um, oh, I think Dan Pompey tweeted it out. The NFL is such a crazy quarterback world. I'm, I'm paraphrasing the tweet now at this point. But his he, I, Kyler Murray, who is now the second highest paid player in the entire league, I think is only separated from Baker Mayfield, who just got traded for a fifth-round conditional draft pick by like four or five spots. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's see. Like, the gap between those two quarterbacks in the quarterback tiers piece, you have the second highest paid player in the entire league and a quarterback who just got traded for a fifth-round pick. Yeah, it's... It uh, is a wacky world out there. Seven spots from where Kyler... He's also... Don't want to give... You have to definitely check out the article, but Kyler Murray is behind Derek Carr in the tiers that they have I would agree with that. I'm a huge Derek Carr guy. Okay. And then, just to kind of give you some... How the league is looking at some of these quarterbacks... Just kind of want to stick with the second-year guys, Justin Fields being in there. Mac Jones is the first guy that is listed on this list of quarterbacks, coming in at number 18, and he is in the Tier 3. Trevor Lawrence. Can you describe three. Tier 3? Do you have tier, that in front of you? Yeah, so how I can pull he, that up. Just so our listeners know how uh, the tiers are defined. Yeah, so, um, well, I could give you what Tier 4 is real quick, where Justin Fields is at. So a Tier 4 quarterback – Justin Fields comes in at number 25. Uh, could be an unproven player, not, and then in parentheses, not enough information for voters to classify, or a veteran who ideally would not start all 17 games. And like I said, that would be where Justin Fields is at number 25. But if you're looking at Tier 3 quarterback, Tier 3 QB is a legitimate starter but needs a uh, heavier run game and or defensive component to win. A lower-volume dropback passing offense suits him best. And that is tier three where Mac Jones is at, but Justin Fields, first one in tier four. Okay. Someone that is unproven, um, not enough information for voters to classify. I think that's a fair spot for him right now. It doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and then I think if you look at what's included here, it says from a coach with ties this to the Bears. This is Madam, if you want to read this. Said, quote, I do think his anticipation in the dropback game needs to improve, but he does throw a really good deep ball and deep cross route where some of those other guys, I did not have that feel in the dropback game of can they make certain throws as consistently, this coach said. It is everything else he has to figure out. I don't think he is going to be a top-shelf guy this year, but... You are going to trend. You're going to say, we can win with this guy. I don't think he is ever going to be a one. I think he can climb to maybe a two high tier three. So he's saying it could be a. So a high tier. Wow, th- again, like that's the, the, the first person in tier three is Kirk Cousins. And that's also the tier where Mac Jones is at, where these guys need a heavy run game and are. Less volume in the passing game, essentially, for these yeah. tier three guys. And so, and again, from a coach with ties to the yeah. Bears said this. 
Very interestingly worded. Could be a coach who was here last year. Yeah, yeah. Could be a coach. Uh, Currently on set. Who knows? Could, you know, could be a coach. Could be Mike Dicka. Ties to the Bears. Ugh. From Very a coach <laughs> with. T- it doesn't but say former coach, though. It doesn't say former co- from a coach. No, no. It's uh, interesting. Um, by the way, if you ever. Uh, one of my favorite things at the Combine, the NFL Combine, is there's the Starbucks, the Marriott. Oh, yeah. And you always see Sando sitting there. And to tell you how, how popular of a piece this is and how much attention it gets. He, like, he's holding court there, and you have an NFL guys like, walking up to him to be like, yep, I'm ready to go, filling out my tears. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went in that Starbucks. Just, again, not yeah. even thinking, like, all that, but I'm like, nice. This yeah. is where it happens. So, uh, and if you read it, um, Zach, I think it's – no, who wrote it? I have to look up. One of the Athletics Eagles writers did, like, a, a – a, like a daily blog, like a blog from start. The, he just sat in the Starbucks the whole day and like basically wrote a whole piece on everything he saw. And it was hilarious. That is awesome. It was awesome. It was such a good idea. Zach Berman? Berman uh, yeah, I may have. Yes. I think, guy. I think that's who it was. I think that's who it was. Um, so, yeah, you got to check that out if you do. Anyway, I think in terms of where Justin Fields is, that's – fair um i do take i think a little exception to the ceiling saying maybe climb to a tier two quarterback i would say he at least has to get to two tier or there's problems i do tend to agree though that as high as i still am on justin fields i'm not sure that we're ever going to be in a world where like you're putting him up with you know the top three or four quarterbacks in the entire league but maybe i'll be wrong still yeah, hopefully. Um, and Tier 2, what does a Tier 2 quarterback look like? Starts off with Matthew Stafford at number 7 there. A Tier 2 quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above Tier 3. He has a hole or two in his game. Yeah. Where's yeah. Kyler Murray ranked, by the way? He is number 13, which would put him in tier. Is he a tier two guy? He like is in tier two. Yeah. Last one in That's tier That's what I'm kind of thinking of Justin yeah. Fields. Which, Here. unfortunately, is a position where you have to make him the second highest paid player in the league, and he's not even in the top 10 quarterbacks. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that, and that's not the best place to be because, he, look, I think we have accepted at this point if you're going to have a quarterback who you know is your guy, your clear cut, Guy, even if he's not the guy, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. not Patrick Mahomes, not Tom Brady, you have to pay those guys. Mm-hmm. Even like a Derek Carr's in that class. Where's Derek Carr on the list? Right above Kyler Murray, twelve, so number twelve. But same thing. Like I'd pay him. You have to, because it's still better to have that guy than not have one at all. That's kind of the world I'm predicting for Justin Fields. Like very good, still be loved in this town, but you're still probably going to have those days where you're like. Oh, man. Get, yeah, yeah, maybe you're second-guessing. But the Bears would be in an amazing situation if that was the situation yeah. they were in, paying a guy yeah. because he can be in that top tier, that top half. Yeah, The yep. Bears haven't been in there unless you count Jay Cutler's contract for what it was. But, yeah, like the Bears would be, I think, just grateful to even be in that situation. And let me be very clear, too. I feel like Justin Fields still has 
all the talent in the world to go beyond that. I'm probably that's probably part of that me saying that limitation is being somebody who's covered this team now for 12 years and just understanding that's the Bears. Whoever is that guy that eventually breaks through, if it ever happens, to become one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he happens to be doing it for the Chicago Bears, <laughs> God bless so that person. Because it just like seems like it's something that can't happen here. Seems fictional. So, But I still think Justin Fields has the potential to do that. I think like more realistically, I'm looking at this and being like, Tier 2 would be pretty good. Tier 2 would Probably be Probably take Tier 2. Probably still be the best quarterback in Bears history then. The bar is set so low, oh, Adam, so with all low. those stats there. It's like Will and I were talking about when we previewed uh, Justin Fields in the quarterback room, like some of the bars there for most yards, touchdowns, like you hope Justin Fields can be that guy that shatters these records. Because, again, the bar is you're watching the pocket. It's down here. Not even in the modern era should be done. I think – Justin Herbert's rookie season, he breaks all the Bears' record. So yeah. that's how that's kind of where the bar is at in terms of what Bears quarterbacks have done in the past. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of different, depending on where you read, there's a lot of metrics out there. Um, I'll try to prepare some of this, too, as we get forward into some of our training camp coverage. Like, I, I can't pull it up right now because there's a lot in here. But I was reading Warren Sharp's uh, season preview. That was one place. I think even the football outsiders. There's some very positive trending analytics um, for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. That if he and they basically prove everything we watched last year and knew that the coaching staff was not tapping into the things that were actually working, and they kept asking him to do things that were not. So mm-hmm. if you put them in the right scheme, which is what we keep talking about with this scheme, hopefully is that, um, and you tap into more of the things that he's doing right. There's a lot of things that show that he, you know, his deep ball accuracy is money. That's one of the things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I'll, I'll, again, I'll, I'll bring this more. I'll, I'll pull it out and, unless you have something there. I have something right here. We yeah. talked about this on Friday with Justin Fields and that deep ball that Adam was just talking about. So according to PFF, Fields finished 13th in adjusted completion percentage. And what this is, this is the percent of aimed passes thrown on target, again, in this deep ball category. That percentage, 44.2, was tied with Josh Allen. So seeing how the deep ball and how accurate Justin Fields is, one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league and tied to one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Josh Allen. Um, And so, like, couple weeks ago too like ESPN was predicting Justin Fields would lead the league in interceptions it's like well Fields is really it's not even that that he's inaccurate it's just been unlucky more times than not but that deep ball Justin Fields has shown it just didn't tap into that specific area of his game uh consistently enough last season yeah yeah so um anyway we'll We'll uh, continue to bring that stuff to you, but I think it just continues to support the idea of um, something that I've been harping on since I went to the Super Bowl back in February, and everyone you talked to was like, I just compared it to being at the Super Bowl um, the year it was in Minnesota, which was right after Mitch Trubisky's rookie season, and it was just such a stark contrast between 
with Trubisky, it was like, because there you're in a centralized place where you're talking to all these different people, whether it's media members or uh, NFL personnel you run into, whether it's actual interviews you're doing or just like at the bar at night or whatever. Like you talk to these people and it was like almost anybody you talked to about Mitch's rookie year was like, uh, I don't know about that one, you know. And and last year it was all all the responses were, I don't know what to look at it. Like they didn't they didn't put him they didn't put Justin in position to have any success. And and then it'd be like I liked what I saw in glimpses. So it's it had a, like a lot more of an optimistic viewpoint to me. Um, the more and more people you talk to, and I still I still think that that'll be the case. Yeah. Regardless of what tier he ends up in, I do think you're going to see. I'll be shocked if he's 25th next year. I think he'll be higher. He definitely will be. Yeah. And oh, we got a, a question from Jr. Mayberry. Do you think we will finally know what ju- what Justin's about this year? And if so, what game is going to be his breakout game? Oh, this is like last year when we had to predict uh, what y- what week they would actually start him. Yeah. Um, Boy, that was fun. Man, will this be the year that we know? I think it. For Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, you hope this is the year that you know Justin Fields a guy moving forward. Um, but given his situation, if he if he still does struggle, you could see it happening. But you had to predict a game. Could it be? I'll like, give you a game. Okay. Week one, 49ers. I'm dead okay. serious. He's already had great success against this team. That was one of his best games last season. You could counter and be like, oh well, now the 49ers know how to defend him. Do they? Completely different offense. You have that element of surprise. There'll be no tape on the Bears' offense except limited, limited, limited preseason stuff that they're not going to give anything away. Um, I I think schematically he'll have a lot of things going in his favor in that game. Health will be in his favor, whether it's his own health or his teammates around him. So, you you know, you're not going to have a random game in, like, October where maybe Cole Komet's out or maybe, you know, David Montgomery's out. You know what I mean? Like, they should be fully healthy. You say the same thing about the 49ers defense. Sure, they should be healthy too. But um, I'm not saying the Bears win. I'm just saying I, I think that you'll see a very positive week one performance from Justin Fields. Okay, I'll say week three because week two they play the Packers. We usually know how that goes. <laughs> and we've, we talked about it. Like Skip Justin, that game. Justin doesn't have back-to-back, like, Bad practices, so if that happens to be a bad game for Justin and the Bears in general in the offense, week three against Houston at home, I think maybe that would be a game where you could see what Justin is about. But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep monitoring it and see what, see what happens there. But first I have to tell you before we move into our last segment of the show, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. To uh, close out the show today with training camp starting tomorrow, we wanted to give you our big questions, our key questions that we want answered 
in training camp. Uh, we'll let you know, too, that so tomorrow's schedule, the way things – actually, I think we just decided this for the rest of the week. We're going to be going to 2 o'clock um, post-practice. We want to make sure we're getting you the quickest but most accurate content every single day. So tomorrow there's no practice, but we're going to hear from Matt Eberflus and from Ryan Poles, who's speaking tomorrow, and a bunch of players on report day. And then we will be recapping all that with you at 2 o'clock tomorrow. And then throughout the week, as practices start, we will also be live at 2 o'clock every day for you. So you can jump up on here on the CHGO YouTube page and uh, get – all the immediate reaction from practice that day. And I think we're the only ones out there that are going to be doing that for you every single day. I'm really excited about that. Um, and we're going we're gonna to be out there. Will's going to be out of practice, too, along the way. And, um, team effort. And there's some surprises that we can't even tell you about yet, too. So um, we're excited about all of it, and that's kind of going to be the schedule going forward as we get through training camp and try to get you the best coverage every single day. Of course, that's – in uh, addition to everything we're going to give you on the website at allchgo.com, both for members and non-members. Um, but as we watch these practices and as we analyze this stuff every single day, it obviously starts with the quarterback. And you can accuse me of being this, like, too high expectations. That's fine. But the reality is the Bears have to figure this out fast, okay? I want to know if Justin Fields can blow me away in training camp. Like, yeah. I'm I'm tired of this, like, wishy-washy dancing around with quarterbacks, and I understand he's not in the best position to have success. He doesn't have all the weapons around him. He's also in scripted practices, not getting hit, okay? I want to see better accuracy, better timing, consistently. I'm not saying every day has to be perfect. I know there's going to be down days along the way, but when we sit back here, even, like, two, three weeks from now as we're analyzing this analyzing this lesson like daily chunks, but like, hey, how did that week go? Or how does the last two weeks go? I don't want to be sitting here going, oh, well, you know, Mitch Trubisky had, seems to be throwing a lot of interceptions still. You know, there's good signs, there's bad signs. No, I want to see, can this guy blow me away in the same way the top quarterbacks in the league do out there and you know, on the practice field on a consistent basis? I do not think that's an unfair expectation. Uh, I kind of compare it to when Jose Abreu got signed by the White Sox. He was 26. He was already like a proven star. And I was just so used to all these prospects coming through that would suck. And I'm like, can we just one time have somebody show up like Frank Thomas again and just dominate? And thank you, Jose. He basically did that as a rookie. Um, This is year two for Justin Fields already. Enough of this. Like, just be good. Be good. Be good. Yeah. Uh, Bears fans are expecting the same thing, Adam. Uh, mine is actually before, as as we're seeing report day on Wednesday, will Robert Quinn show up is, like, one of the big questions I have mm-hmm. because that changes the whole dynamic of the defensive ends and what you're being asked of Travis Gibson, Al-Kwandi Muhammad. So just seeing if – is Robert Quinn actually going to be a part of this? And if not, when does he show up? Does he ever show up? Will he be traded? I mean, I'm still going to be monitoring that because he – it has an impact on this team if he plays in 2022. If not, then you're seeing a lot of guys who haven't been the starters have to be elevated to be those guys right now. Can I have a rebuttal to uh, your, your, your question? Yes. And this is something I just decided while I was on vacation because okay. my mind would still wander into football stuff, obviously. 
I decided on vacation. I don't care if Robert Quinn shows up. <laughs> I don't care. The guy's not a part of the future here. He's not. Okay. He, you know, you're just, even if he's there, Taking away snaps he helps from you. Guys. Yeah, but you still need to find out if the other guys can play. Like, whether Robert Quinn's there or not, you need to know if Travis Gibson's legit. Yep. Um, you need to know uh, Dominique Robinson. Can he give you anything as a rookie? you got to put him on the practice squad. You know, you got to know this stuff anyway. So, I, I don't care. I, I guess, like, I, I care if Robert Quinn's on the team for week one. Mm-hmm. But I don't really care if he's here right now, to be honest with you. Yeah, the rookie. Those, some of those guys you mentioned now become like the guys. So yeah. that's that's kind of why um Robert Quinn whether he's there or not can impact this team. I'll go with number 2 here. Okay. Another guy. When will Jaquan Brisker show up? He's in a contract holdout. Yeah. As of right now. And does that does that impact him to become the eventual uh starter alongside A Jackson? He's already been making a ton of plays in OTAs and really learning this defense and being, you know, Asked to do everything that Eberflus wants, creating those turnovers. But I guess how long does this last? Obviously, he has to do what's best for him in terms of getting that guaranteed money. But just what is this situation going to look like, and how long is it going to play out for Jaquan Brisker? Yeah, I'm uh, very interested to see if this gets figured out between now and uh, when they take the practice field Wednesday. Um, it's been an interesting situation if you're – I don't think people are too in the weeds, and I don't know. Really, I don't recommend it. But there, there's, uh, it's been a storyline this off season about what's been happening with the second round contracts. Um, there's been a little bit of a push, I think, from the agents to get more guaranteed money in that third and fourth year of those contracts, um, and it's led to some of those deals like still getting hammered out. He's not the only second round pick. Um, and I wonder if they're just waiting for a couple ones ahead of him to get fi- finalized. I still think it could be figured out between now and when they take the field Wednesday. Now, that being said, if it doesn't, and this turns into a Roquan Smith situation from 2018 where he didn't even sign anything until the third week of training camp. It was when the Bears went out to Denver to practice against the Broncos. Yep. Um, like... They were haggling over such a s- small thing that got turned into, you know, the Bears just not wanting to set a precedent for a contract. I And, and in fairness, I think that was more important for a guy who was a top 10 pick than necessarily a second-round pick. When I say they're haggling over guaranteed money, like they're, we're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars in the fourth year of some of these contracts if I've been following this carefully. Um, is that worth not having a guy who right now looks like he's a pretty much a lock to be starting for you as a rookie? And in Roquan Smith's situation, he got pushed back so far that, remember, he didn't start right away, Nick even though he was very clearly like their best player already at that position. And the first thing he does is come in and sack, uh, right? middle of the game against the Packers, get a sack, and then I think he was starting by the next week. And so maybe you could say, all right, it wasn't that big of a deal, but how much did that delay – the start of his rookie season a little bit. Um, I guess it depends on really what you're haggling over. To me, this seems like a very minuscule thing that precedent you shouldn't necessarily be worried about as much. I would want to make sure that 
one of the top guys on my defense, um, even though he's a rookie, is ready to go, and we're maximizing practice time as much as possible. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, last thing I'm looking at for just top questions, things I want to see answered, the free agents that Ryan Pohl signed, specifically the defensive guys like Justin Jones, Nicholas Morrow, how do they perform in this training camp? Those are going to be – those are starters, especially, you know, the importance of Justin Jones as a three technique. Can he make some splash plays against this, you know, offensive line that's still being formed to this day? So really want to see how Nicholas Morrow – and Roquan Smith look together in terms of communication, being the will, Mike, whatever uh, position they play on any given you know snap. Then just Justin Jones on the interior. Can he make some splash plays in training camp and just reinforce maybe Bears fans, but also this defense that he can play this vital role as being the three-tech? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good one. I think I got two more on offense real quick. Uh, who the hell are the offensive tackles? <laughs> Yep. That seems like an important question that needs to be figured out here. Um, don't know. Is it Braxton Jones? Is Tevin Jenkins going to be Second team. back out there? Are they going to go back to that original first? And this will be interesting on Wednesday, what the first team O-line looks like. I, could, I, I don't know. Are they gonna, did Braxton Jones do well enough that he's going to stay out there? Larry Borum's going to be right tackle? Or are we going to see them go back to how they started in the offseason? Larry Borum on the left side and Tevin Jenkins at right. Don't know. Quite frankly, I don't really care what they come out with. It's more about how they perform and how it shakes out over the next few weeks. They got to get that figured out. So who the hell are the offensive tackles? Key question. Um, and then is there a second wide receiver on the team? We're, I mean, we kind of <laughs> just slotted Pringle as that guy, but. But is, I don't know if he, he can handle that. Yeah. No, I have no idea. Phelous yep. Jones Jr. As a rookie, too, a third-round pick. Like, I, I, I like the pick. I like what they're trying to do. But we've also – I brought up these concerns before. The more you ask him to do, the more the playbook he needs to know right away. Is he a Darnell Mooney that can soak it up and go out there and play without thinking? That, that's one of the most impressive things Darnell Mooney did as a fifth-round pick. Or is he more of an Anthony Miller Yeah, you can't pick it up? Didn't grasp the you gotta keep You got to keep actually taking things away from him because he, there's just too much. He can't process it, not paying attention in meetings, things like that. I don't know. We don't know about Valus Jones Jr. yet. I, I got the vibe from him early on that he was more of on the Mooney side, but I also think Mooney was like a very rare yeah, the Bears even first round wideouts tend to struggle early yeah. on because they got too much thrown at them. All wideouts. I feel like every wideout is going to have those weeks where it's just yeah. like they're, mm -hmm. not, they're not involved at all. First yeah. round, fifth round, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why, to me, it's so impressive what Darnell Mooney did as a rookie, especially as a fifth-round pick. I think it would have been impressive as a first-round pick, but in to on top of that, he was a fifth-rounder. So, But the point is just like, like Equimania St. Brown, he had nine catches last year. What, what are they asking him to do? What are, what are the realistic expectations here? Can just anyone on the team become a legit number is it two wide receiver? Is it we, former first-round pick? Who knows? Another thing I was thinking of, Adam, real quick, maybe not as big as the other topics, kick returner. There's a lot of yeah. guys that are capable of being a kick returner and punt returner on this roster. Just seeing who gets the reps, who's fluctuating in and out, I feel like it can change every single practice, honestly, with all the guys they have back there. Yeah, and I don't know how many people know this, but um, according to Football Outsiders, Jakeem Grant was the most effective punt returner in the league last year. 
that was actually a good trade the Bears pulled off early on in the season. Yeah. Um, they don't have them anymore. And on the kick return side, the Bears took a huge step back from not having Cordero Patterson. Like, they were towards the bottom of the league in kick returns all of a sudden. Uh, even though it looked like at times Khalil Herbert could do that, it, it wasn't the same type of return guy. So whether um, that's Treston Ebner or Avalis has or Valus Jones Jr., someone's got to step up because I think I don't know if that's towards the top of my list of questions, but it's definitely on the list of questions from a special teams perspective. Is what can they get out of the return game, especially if you're trying to create short fields, help out your your young that's quarterback hard. and this offense that's clearly limited. So, uh, Ninos asked, what about Daz? Great question. Auto what return? Hey, what about her? Daz? He's still here. I don't know if he's going to make the team, guys. Yeah. He's he's really fighting for that maybe six wide receiver spot. And, I, look, obviously it's a room, plenty of opportunity for the wide receivers, but Daz is on, on the outside looking in. Yeah. So, um, Infamous says most kickoffs are touchbacks, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, not necessarily true, though, once we get into November, December in the NFC North. It, well, at least at the games at Lambeau and, mm-hmm. and uh, at Soldier Field. Um, of course, the Bears play Lambeau early in the season, but the point being, as the weather gets colder, you do get more returns, and it's still a something you have to yeah. factor in. Is that Ron Burgundy? Who is that? Lawrence down there, Ron. Oh, Ron Burgundary. Ron Ron Burgundary. He says Komet needs to be the number two receiver or else the offense stalls hard. Well, it's a fair point that, yeah, if if there's a world where the Bears have a tight end who can be that number two. I mean, if he's your number two receiver with 60 receptions like where he was last year, mm, no. Like... Look, the, the but, Chiefs have that situation last year with yeah. Tyree Kill and obviously Travis Kelsey, but not everyone's going to have that situation. if you get up that up towards 80. It's a touchdown, Zam. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I think really counts for Cole Komet right. this season. So it'd be but, nice to see Cole Komet. But to spins. your point, yes, Cole Komet needs to take a huge step forward and at least be that number three receiving option within the offense yeah. um, without a doubt, especially in this offense. Like the tight ends – I heard Tom Thayer talking about this the other day. I'll give him credit for it. He, he, the tight ends in this offense really need to do everything because in this outside zone running scheme, they have to be able to block. They absolutely have to be able to block, but you still need them to be able to catch passes. Um, their tight ends are best friend of of a quarterback, especially a young quarterback. So um, I, I think Komet's already been that to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but as we've talked about, contested catches – need to be better, uh, the harder catches, and red, zone, red zone, more touchdown production as well. And I'd say the same thing about Darnell Mooney, by the way. Darnell Mooney's great, but if he wants to take that next step, we have this conversation about him being number one, number two. He had one of the worst contested catch rates in football last year. So all the good things he does, got to win more of those 50-50 balls for sure. All right, good show. I'm excited to get going. We got to end it today by saying happy birthday to – the greatest bear of all time. Can we say that pretty fairly? Walter oh, yeah. Payton, oh, yeah. number 34. So. Uh, and it is his birthday today. Uh, also, shout out to the Payton family, Jared, everybody there, because I know it's a, always a bittersweet day for them as they celebrate uh, his amazing father and the greatest. So, number 34, 
Happy birthday, sweetness, Happy from birthday. everyone at CHGO. We are out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. Again, 2 o'clock. Good job putting the Walter Payton figurine out here today and the, and the yeah. book. Yeah, I figured, you know, had to. Made sense. Made sense. Uh, we'll be back. So tomorrow, 2 o'clock tomorrow is when we're doing the show. All right? So adjust those. Uh, it's like, what is this? Like uh, we're spring forward. To adjust your watch, sure. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> We're Easter East Coast time, however you want to think about it. Uh, two o'clock tomorrow, we'll recap everything that happens at House Hall. Excited to get going, and uh, please follow us on Twitter at chgo underscore bears underscore sports. Check out all of our other shows, and we'll talk to you tomorrow as we get going with training camp.